The machine is ever turning, ever hungry. How do you avoid being eaten? How do you avoid drifting into becoming another cog? Can you escape the machine? Should you try or is it impossible? Pondering these questions and more are the mention of machine. Welcome back to the Mention the Machine podcast. This is episode 23, I'm told. Um, we're not doing really any books or any agenda this episode. We're apparently we're just have, shooting the shit. We're going to have a power outage garage side Yeah, chat. the power's out in my house currently, so we are sitting in the dark. Standing. Standing, yeah. Standing in the dark, I guess. Um, if you want to be literal about it. But, and it's not really even literally dark because the sun is out. But, yeah, there's no electricity. This is all... Uh, Clogs and gears. It's all on battery. <laughs> it's all on battery. So what do you got, Joe? What do you got for us? What is normal? And how do you know what is normal? What is normal and how do you know what is normal? Well, I guess it's all subjective, isn't it? What's normal to you is not normal to me. Exactly. I assume it the other day. I was talking to somebody about normality and shit. And like, as we know, my life's not normal. Nothing I do in my life is ever by the book or like the average. But there is probably a certain subsection of the population that is like you, that exactly. it's normal. So I was thinking back when I was a kid, and we had some people visit. I don't know who they were. They were some kind of relatives to us. And I assumed everybody had two cars, because my parents had two cars. And that day I learned not every family has two cars. Yeah. I never had a car growing up, so I wasn't normal according to young Joel. Well, I didn't look down on people. I just didn't assume everyone had two cars. I didn't know any better. <laughs> now, look back and, like, what's going on. Look at those one-car schmucks. <laughs> that wasn't how I looked at stuff then. Four wheels only. But it's like... They don't even have a backhoe. Yeah, I mean, to me, like, heavy equipment was normal. Dump trucks are normal. Pickup trucks are normal. <laughs> but, like, I look at people now nowadays, and they don't understand that their slice of reality is not always no- someone else's normal. Like, you see those videos on YouTube. Like, you showed me a couple of those, like, a day in a guy in Japan. Like, when he goes to the, go to the, goes to the gym or goes to the comic book shop or stuff. Mm-hmm. Or he eats for breakfast. Like, we're fascinated by how everything's so different. Yeah, but it's also still the same. It's exactly. like the same routine is still there. There's just different aspects to his day. The book, uh, Pattern Recognition, I'm re-listening to it because I'm on a William Gibson kick now. And he talks about, the character goes to, like, the UK and visits a friend's flat. And she calls it Mirror World. Because things are the same, but they're different. I think I read that book. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. That was a long time ago, though. Mm-hmm. But that's what's fascinating. Is like people aren't used to like things being different, and then they like how they react to it. Like fascinates me now. Like you see all the stories, like like Crocodile Dundee. You can't. You, New York only can't survive in the jungle. Oh yeah, well you can survive in New York. Ha ha ha! It's funny because you don't know how to use a use a toilet. Ha ha! ha you got only got to eat by a snake. Yeah, it's like. You could survive in New York any way you want, especially if you can survive in Australia. Mm-hmm. 90% of the species there will kill you. Yep. Well, I've been thinking about that a lot about what is normal. People, when people, like, you go to school, it's like, you find out how quickly your life isn't like everyone else's life. Yeah, and that's one of the things that changes as you go through the school process. Like, you start out with, like, the kids in your neighborhood... And you go through school with them, and then more kids come into the community and everything. And then when you get to like college, you're in a whole different other environment. And that's why people end up wiling out in college because mm-hmm. they're suddenly let loose and off the chain. One of the I went to a dinner party thing on Saturday before last, and um, the lady was talking about how she bought her kids these shoes, and the kids were making fun of her, the kids with their shoes because they weren't Nike. It's like 
he didn't care. He's like, I got shoes on. I'm like, oh no, they're not Nike. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I remember when that was a big deal when I was a kid. It was like you had to have all the high, all the same gear. You were made fun of and everything mm-hmm. else. And it was like a keeping up with the Joneses type of thing. But everyone was poor, so it's like I never made any sense in the long run about why do I need a hundred and twenty dollar tennis shoes mm-hmm. when my family is poor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like because I'm playing so many video games, I'm all about the stats. Like, there's a game called Guild Wars, and they had this thing called 10K Armor. Each piece cost 10K. Mm-hmm. But you look, at the, you look at the other armors, it had better stats, but it was a status, oh, I, I, afford, I can afford 10K Armor. <laughs> yeah, but I can take more hits in the face with a sword than you can, so screw your 10K Armor. <laughs> I don't know if that's something you should brag about. <laughs> I get hit in the face all day with a sword. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, that, like, people want a status symbol. They don't want actually what's useful. It's like... Mm-hmm. Well, there's, you got to define what useful is for people first of all. If people are, if their their game, their their challenges, they want to the status symbols because they're doing some like political or social maneuvering, then that's a different story than if they're trying to not trying to get hit in the face with a sword as many times as they can. I'm talking snake of ten degrees outside and need to go shovel the driveway. Do you wear the fancy dancy sneakers? Cost you 120 bucks. Or do you wear the $70 boots that are good for negative 20 degrees? Joel, I'm white. I'll go out there in shorts and a t-shirt and they're going to affect me. <laughs> I'll do it just to make my neighbors scared. <laughs> I have done that. I've gone out and shoveled the snow and fucking cleaned off the cars when, when the snow and it was cold out without a coat on. Just to, No coat, no gloves. Just to annoy them. Just to let them see. That's my first question. What is yours? I didn't really think of any questions, so I figured oh, we were just going to... It's all me. Okay. Yeah, I figured we were just going to see where things went. Okay. Shoot the shit like we normally do. Joel, what are your troubles, and how can I tell you that you're wrong about them? <laughs> <laughs> you want to go hit social anxiety, or you want to hit loops? <laughs> loops of social anxiety? Yeah, those happen too. <laughs> are they for loops or wild loops? They're usually wild loops. <laughs> so here's a question. Do you ever feel like when you talk to people that you're always the one initiating conversation and the question is, are they just replying to you to be nice? Or do they actually want to talk to you? I think think it varies. Depends on the person, really. Sometimes people are more introverted or extroverted than others. Sometimes people just honestly enjoy the silence. Well, I'm saying, for example, like every morning you're like, hey, hey, Bob, how's it going? And Bob was like, oh, we're going good. And like, a couple of days, you don't say hi to Bob. Bob doesn't say hi to him. Like, so do I really care about talking in the morning? Or is Bob just being nice to not be a dick? You never know what's going on in Bob's life, though. That's the exactly the other side of everything to me. It's always like, you never know what else is going on in that dude's life. He might be being nice, but he's also might be hanging on by a thread. Mm-hmm. It's that whole social media presents just people's lives as they want it to be seen, not as it really is. See, when my social media kicks in, it's like, they're just, just, just placating me. Like, they don't want me to say anything. It's like, <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> hey, Bob, fuck you. <laughs> say that to him one morning instead of hello and see what he says. But fortunately, most of the people that I actually value being in my life will actually reach out. Like, when, when COVID started, I stopped posting on social media as of April 1st. <laughs> I was fed up with social media. And, like, a little bit like, are you still around? Because, like, you used to post memes every day and now you're not. I'm like, oh, that's kind of touching. <laughs> like, you have all these friends on social media, but how many of them are actually your friends? That's true. I mean, 
And like I said, I had at least three or four people reach out to me in the period of that month going, hey, you okay? Because, like, this isn't your normal, man. Like, <laughs> I miss the memes. <laughs> I didn't even notice the memes went away, so I just stopped looking at Facebook. <laughs> yeah, well, it also doesn't help the algorithms are always trying to change stuff. Yeah, I was but you to, and I talk online almost any day, yeah. every day anyway, so. But I was talking, to, I was watching, listening to a podcast the other day, and they are talking about how, like, with the whole Elon Musk thing going on, people are flocking the, the Mastodon. And they don't understand that it's a timeline situation. It's not a algorithm-based feed. So you got to join a community to get stuff in your feed. Mm-hmm. And these people don't understand how it works, and they're getting frustrated, and after three days, they're leaving Mastodon going, okay, I give up. <laughs> Well, I think it's kind of interesting we're in a time where, like, Twitter seems to be exploding. Meta is exploding. I think social, so Facebook is kind of dying. I think social media is slowly dying and something else has to come up. I mean. Well, apparently Elon Musk was talking about bringing back Vine in a a modified form. Hmm. Yeah, but that just sounds like it's to compete with TikTok and, like, YouTube shorts and everything and Instagram Reels. Everyone's following everybody. Mm-hmm. Where are they all going? Nobody knows. Exactly. Like it's I was talking it's Ouroboros or whatever, the snake that eats its own tail. I was talking for another day about, we talked about it earlier, but I, didn't, I figured after you had questions, but we'll go with this topic too. <laughs> oh, like Hollywood and media doesn't care about the storyline. They're just out there to get the buck. Mm-hmm. And, like, that finally occurred. It finally sunk into me. Like, I'm always mad. Like, why didn't they follow the book? The book was amazing. Why'd they change it? Because they try to appeal to the broadest audience they can. To get as many dollars as possible. Uh-huh. They don't care about... Which is their job. I mean, you can't fault them for it. It's... Oh, oh trust me. I am faulting them hardcore. <laughs> because I, I believe in niches. I need niche, niches. And, like, niches, like, you, the niche likes this. You do that, the niche will give you money. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing is they're not they're not structured in that way to do that. Smaller smaller studios and smaller things are for doing that. And that's why they the one those are the ones that usually win the awards. But they're not also you know the billion dollar movies. I mean, if you look at a billion dollar movie like Titanic, people keep pointing out the fact that it's a shame that that lady in her dying moments doesn't think about her wife and her husband and children of like the last seventy years. She thinks about the time she slept with a homeless bum on a boat. Not a good story. Oh, stop. It's just like, media just like, like you, you said a, couple, a while ago, um, stuff is not written for me anymore. I'm not the demographic. You're not. You're not uh, an angry youth. You're not a lonely woman. Or any of those other things that are the mainstream stuff that's going on now. You're an over-the-hill man without kids, so the Disney stuff doesn't appeal to you. Like, there's nothing really written for us unless we go into, like you said, our niche, where it's like, okay, here's a sci-fi movie, here's a sci-fi show, here's uh, something that actually interests me that I'm into. And that's not, that's still not even written directly towards us. Somebody talking in the background. Yep. Hopefully the mics don't pick it up. Yeah, hopefully it does. Hopefully it's somebody telling us to go to hell. I mean, I would love to actually have, like, a couple of people writing in, you suck! <laughs> At least we know we exist. I mean, Dave, Dave always comments, which is nice. 
We're going to just have another voice every now and then. It'll get there. It'll get there. It won't. I mean, we are kind of just casting this thing out into the void yeah. and seeing what happens. Well, but. I keep telling people when it comes to making projects like this, you build your library, and hopefully one day someone finds one episode, and they go like, oh, this guy's been around for like three years. How did I miss all this? And they yeah. listen to all of them. Yeah, it's like trying to, you like you can, uh, the, uh, the, the analogy, metaphor that just popped into my head is like you can have a lake with one fish or you can have a lake with a bunch of fish and you're more likely somebody find you if you have a lake with a bunch of fish. So each podcast is a fish. Got fish, fish. You gotta, yeah, gotta feel that lake. Mm-hmm. Fishy lake. I'm very happy with our podcast. I like it. Gives me a reason to finish reading books and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I've been a little burnt out on self-development. That's why I'm looking for inspiration lately. But just uh, kind of the... I think I've read too many of the same types of books. Mm-hmm. You know, I got some Robert Greene books if you're interested. <laughs> Christ. Even his fucking tweets and quotes and <laughs> Instagram are dense. And not dense in like the stupid way, but dense as in like there's a lot to take from them. Yeah. I'm trying to. I'm wondering if maybe we need to either go on hiatus, take a vacation, or if we just need to find something somebody else that's pretty awesome. I don't know. It's. It's. I think it's probably a little bit of both, a little bit of all of it. I mean, I've been. Uh, I've been thinking about just not doing self development so much lately, but I, I don't know what else. Like, what's the other alternative to not doing self development? Is it just being stagnant? Is it being stationary? Rotting slowly and dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I was, a buddy of mine, he said, uh, he said one of my favorite quotes. He said, um, "There's only one way to coast, and it's downhill. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you can't coast. So it's just like I guess I got to reach out a little bit further from the the, the loop that I'm stuck in." Uh-huh. So I was talking to my buddy the other day, and um, I missed the meeting at work because my calendar didn't go off. Uh-huh. My crap, I missed eleven o'clock. He goes, "You're indispensable." I'm like, "I can't think I'm indispensable." The second you start thinking you're indispensable. You start doing dumb things, then you become dispensable. Mm-hmm. And I saw another friend, and I was like, my best is never good enough, because you're chosen improving. Like, just because you beat the, like, as an example of video games, let's say you got to beat the boss, you got to be level 10 to beat the boss. Mm-hmm. Some people go at level 9 and struggle to do it. I like being level 15, just coasting through it. <laughs> yeah. But I like being extra prepared, so it's not as hard. Mm-hmm. Do, the, I, do the hard stuff up front. Exactly. So that when you do do the hard stuff, it's like, oh, I got this. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, like, they get to that level of 10, and like, oh, I'm good, and they keep going. The next thing, they're going to be level 11, but they're not ready for level 11. So they, yeah. end, up, they end up failing. I'm like, well, what, I was the best earlier. What's, what's wrong? Yeah, one of the things I was thinking about yesterday was about the, the self-development and the burnout on it. Is I think it's every once in a while you got to take time to look back down the mountain and see, like, how far you've actually come and mm-hmm. see, like what progress you've made versus just constantly being in the grind. Yeah. Well, that's like, it's like I've, as you know, I've been working on a new gaming controller to play first-person shooters and stuff. And I've, I've spent the past week sitting in, Auto, in AutoCAD, making parts, printing them out, making them half the, half the width so they print faster. I'm like printing out parts in like 10 to 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I'm spending 10, 20 minutes redesigning and going back and forth. I'm doing this loop constantly and like, I'm basically done building the controller now. I just got to wire it in and do the software. Mm-hmm. But like a year and a half ago, I couldn't make AutoCAD do anything. <laughs> and I'm just looking like, I, I figured this out. I figured out this tool. Like I'm doing this and doing that. Like I'm actually realizing this, the, the progress I've made for a change instead of being like, oh, I'm stuck. Why can't I do this? Yeah. But it's like, look, my biggest problem is 
I'll go to do a project. It's like, okay, I'm going to try and run this. I'm going to try and bike 100 miles. I get to 75. I'm like, why can't I do 100 miles? <laughs> it's like, dude, I can't do two. How did you do, how did you do 75? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to recognize your own progress. It's, mm-hmm. That's a trick to be learned, too, because you get so... Like, there's two, two traps that happen. Either you keep looking at your next step, so you're not... You're only paying attention to that small microcosm, or you're looking ahead and you're seeing how far you have to go, and you're getting discouraged by that. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to like take in the whole picture and realize how far you've come. Sometimes you've got to switch back and forth between those because sometimes you gotta just they focus on the next step just to to make the progress. And other times you gotta look ahead and realize you need the uh, you need to, to give yourself the extra boost to get there. Yeah. Cause it's funny because like I don't tell a lot of people my projects I'm working on until they're like have some progress. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, "How did you do that?" I'm like, "Well, I started here and here and here." And I'm like, <laughs> and they're like, "I don't understand what you just said." It's like uh, the end of Watchmen when he tells them all his grand plan or whatever, and they're like, "We'll stop you." It's like, "Stop me!" I did it 20 minutes ago. Now <laughs> <laughs> like, you think I'm telling you this for? <laughs> <laughs> But it's funny because I've been, like I said, my brain's been overdriving all this stupid stuff. So I've been working on this AI art stuff and this controller to like bounce between the two projects. When I get stuck on one, I switch to the other one and back and forth. Mm-hmm. And now they're both almost done. So Yeah, they said that was a good trick to use against procrastination is to create two projects at the same time. So when you're one to procrastinate on the other one, you use the mm-hmm. you back, back and forth the procrastination. Kind of like a, a pong with yourself. Kind of an interesting tactic. Yeah. There's so much to learn, so much to do in so little time. Yeah. That's what we call uh, prioritize and execute, though. Yeah, my problem is I keep executing. (laughs) You can't open all the programs at once, Joe. Watch me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My laptop, my desktop would tell you a totally different story. (laughs) Joel's got a nosebleed and shit in his pants at the same time. Yep. Or what would happen is he'd actually fold into space and escape the Matrix. I was watching uh, Lucy the other night for inspiration. <laughs> and it's like, we're so inept of doing anything. Like, you look at the visible light spectrum. Mm-hmm. You got infrared on one side, ultraviolet on the other side, and UHF and VHF and all these different frequencies. And we can't only really see like a fraction of that stuff. Yeah, but the... The cool thing is look at what we've done with what we can see uh-huh. and look at how far we've come. And it's, it's like I was telling you, like imagine every other species on this planet. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm nice and cozy down here at the bottom of the ocean. It's like, oh, here comes a fucking human. <laughs> 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 the hell's he doing down here? <laughs> oh, I'm up here on the top of this mountain where the air is very thin. Up oh, here comes a fucking human. <laughs> Some random alien in space that we don't have the capability to see yet is probably looking at us and like, well, they keep coming up here for <laughs> they can't breathe over here <laughs> fucking weirdo humans yeah so as for loops I've been thinking about this a lot because my, my buddy and I were talking about this other night about how like I was talking about how like with animals and dogs I found my sister and I had this discussion years ago the reason like bad children love my sister and I is because we enforce structure mm-hmm. and kids crave structure they don't realize it but they love structure well, that's what their entire existence is, just testing the boundaries. I mean, one of the first fucking things they do is they 
they, they start trying to stand up and balance and learn to walk. Like, that's entirely, like, not plausible. You look at them, you're like, that thing shouldn't be walking. <laughs> but I was talking about how, like, like, people act like, oh, I hate the 9 to 5 and all their stuff. But, like, I want to go on a vacation. But the thing is, that you take a person out of their, out of their routine or loop, and they don't know what to do. Shit yeah. goes straight to hell. Yeah, and as we've talked about with habits and things like that, it's... If you can recognize the habit, if you can recognize the loop, you can start to design the loop mm-hmm. and you can get out of it. I saw a, a TikTok where a guy was in prison for stabbing people and he said, he started looking around at everybody and he was like, you know, I looked at, you know, the whites, the blacks, the Mexicans, everybody, I the philosophers, the gangbangers, the, the murderers. He's like, and all of them, they, they get out of here and they're back in here for six months. He said, I don't want to do that. So he, he decided to set a goal for himself. He said, I'm going to go to Harvard. Everyone told him you can't go to Harvard, blah, 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 blah. But he started, uh, he started himself on the path. He created a list of things he wanted to, a list of things that he needed to be in order to be the type of person that went to Harvard. He started working on that. He got himself his criminal law degree and in jail and everything else, and he went up for parole. And he was denied the parole, and he looked at the parole officers, and he said, well, why was I denied this? And he said, no, they said, nobody really asked that. We don't really tell anybody that, but they told him why. And he said, okay, now I'm going to start working on their list. And he ended up working on their list. He got paroled and he ended up going to Harvard. And it's like, just because he, he noticed the loop, the trap, and he decided to design his way out of it. Mm-hmm. It might take, it might suck. It might take a long time, yeah. but you can get your way. The thing I've been thinking about too is the whole, what makes you do that thing that you don't want to do to get your goal? Hmm. Like, you think about the about the parents who, like, worked shitty jobs to get their kids into college. The kid goes to college and doesn't appreciate it and wastes all the money. Yeah. But, like, the parents have to shovel shit or do whatever shit job mm-hmm. to do it for their kid. But, like, what is it that makes people want to sacrifice for that? Um, I think there's a big part to legacy that people don't think about a lot. And having a kid is your that's your legacy. So you want your legacy to be better. You it's, I think you're you're partially driven by genetics at that point. Um, I I also just think it's you. You want to know that your suffering has a meaning. So if your suffering has a meaning to make your offspring do better, then you want that. I just always think it's funny that you know the boomer generation was like. Oh, you know, uh, I want my kids to go to college and have a better life than me. And now they're like, why can't you get a job after you went to this school? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like one of my friends the other day, a co-worker was making a comment. One of our other co-workers having a kid soon. And um, why are you doing this to me? I hate you. <laughs> okay, here we go. Get you don't way. have to shoot it. Yeah, I do. So, he was talking about how, like, yeah, like, I feel like my parents and, and, and other guys' parents are like, hey, everything's great. Don't worry about things. But you got a dose of the hard, hard truth, and you learned how to do all this crap. And here we are. We're sitting here freaking out, and you're just like, oh, whatever. I'll just get it done. <laughs> and I think about it. I went to dinner on a, a happy hour for a going away party for a coworker. And the guy was complaining how his kids are so basically so soft and how they don't do anything. It's like I gave them the iPad, I gave them cars and stuff. Well, that's and all, why. And all they do is complain. I'm like, I'm so glad I suffered. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I, I childhood definitely had. I mean, there's there's damage in there. I'm sure there's probably years yeah, of emotional therapy. Emotional damage. Emotional damage. There's probably years of therapy that I probably got to go through. To I mean, I'm definitely dealing with it. I, there was a on a sidebar. There was somebody pointed out that a lot of people get into self development trying to fix their past instead of crafting their future, mm-hmm. which is an important point. Um, I don't know where I was going before that. I completely took myself off the chain there, but um. Yeah, my, my childhood definitely shaped me and prepared me for a lot of things in life that I don't think I would have made it through as thoroughly if I didn't have the childhood I did. Not that my childhood was super, super bad, but again, no. it wasn't It wasn't people, it wasn't iPads and cars and things like that. It yeah. was, if you want to go to this place, you have a choice. If you want to go to, this, if you want to go to the comic book store and buy comic books, you have a choice. You can either go to the comic book store and not have, buy as many comic books, or you can walk to the comic book store and buy another comic book because you didn't pay the bus fare. Mm-hmm. So we walked. And we used to do a thing called yard hopping where we would try to find the most direct route. But before this was before parkour, so it was like we were just jumping over people's fences and running through the yards like lunatics and climbing over everything. But no form, no function. Pitiful, sad. Uh, I was I was a graceful, a graceful 110 gangly kid, <laughs> a white blur of skeleton jumping over a fence. It seems like I hate to say it, Goggins right were too were too comfortable. Huh? Well, that's what uh, all these people that are complaining that everything's so terrible. They're not looking at the bigger picture of humanity and realizing mm-hmm. that this is the easiest time has ever been to mm-hmm. be a human, even. Even at most people in this country, it's it's very hard to starve to death in this country. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can pick through most people's garbage and find most food items that you would need to to. You could find something edible. It's not like it. We're not like two hundred years ago where it was just a, a terrible time to be a human being. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, the dark ages when like what was it? Sixty percent of the humans were wiped off the planet from the plague. Mm-hmm. Like. Well, like I saw a couple of my coworkers. How's it going? I'm okay. Just okay. I'm like, in the grand scheme of things, everything's amazing. Mm-hmm. But I'm in my head, and I'm being Mr. Poopy Pants, and I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got food. I got a place to live. I got a place to stay. I got everything I need, but I'm unhappy because I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. I'm unhappy because I'm missing this one factor that if you got, would not make you happy anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. Like I was, I was talking to my coworker. What have, what have we learned in the past month about that voice in your head, <laughs> Joe? Kick it and keep going. <laughs> Lifting heavy things makes this, <laughs> the sad voice go quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but like I talked, I was talking to the one guy. Like it drives me nuts because like I didn't realize this, but like, so you see on television, oh, rich people they have chauffeurs, they ride limousines, and do all this stuff. So you work as hard as you can to go like to go to this major. Like it's these stupid comedies all the time. It's like. I gotta go to the prom. I gotta go to the limo and do all the stuff. Mm-hmm. So you do all the stuff. You get the limo. It's like, well, this sucks. Why am I doing this? Uh-huh. But you can't say that. You gotta be like, like, oh, well, this is awesome. I'm so great. It's like, but you're unhappy. Yeah. And like all the people who achieved all this stuff, but like, did you achieve because you wanted to? Or did you achieve it because that's what you're supposed to do? And you can't, you can't back out now and say this is stupid. Don't do it. Yeah, and that's that goes into the idea to me of uh, planning to the finish. Like, when, when are you happy? When are you content enough that you don't need to keep striving for that other level? Because people get to that other level and then they hate things. Like, I don't need, I don't need Bill Gates or Elon Musk money. I don't need their problems. No. What I really would like is just to be able to 
sleep as much as I can, as much as I need to when I'm tired, and eat when I'm hungry, and like mm-hmm. not have to have any anxiety about money. Well, like yesterday, I'm like, what am I do for for lunch? I'm like, but I'm like, you know what? I'm making it. I'm making a steak sub and fries. <laughs> on his bread. I got everything else in my freezer. Like I paid two dollars. I got the, I got some bread. I made one of the, one, of the, one of my favorite meals. I'm like, this is great. I didn't go anywhere. I got as many fries as I want. I had two subs, and I'm pretty sure it's way cheaper. Than I went out and, and bought them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, again, crafting crafting your life is important, but it's knowing what makes you happy and knowing what doesn't make you happy. Uh, Ramit is. Uh, is designing your rich life is knowing yeah. you know what makes you happy which what 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 fuels your rich life and then cutting out everything else ruthlessly that doesn't make you happy because mm-hmm. so. like I feel like we were sold a false bill of goods of what should make you happy in what way well like, elaborate y'all two kids no two point five kids the dog the wife the six figure income the house in suburbia or the how or maybe it's a uh, Living in in the New York with the nice studio, uh, the nice patio, uh, penthouse apartment, mm-hmm. with the with the ultimate job because you're the so and so, you're the best in the in the field. Da 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 da. Yeah, but you know whose dream that was, yeah. the, the generation before the boomers. That was the World War II generation that came back from the atrocities that they were dealt with, and they were like, you know what? I just want a job. I want a couple kids. I want a nice place I can have a barbecue. I want to celebrate my country. And then their kids were all the sex, drug, and rock and roll kids that grew up to tell us, oh, dare to say no to drugs. And now they're the ones that are draining all the pensions and everything else. And I can say, oh, there's no money for you. And then there's the millennials that are picking up the slack from that, that are hating on them and pointing that out. And we're just sitting here as the Gen Xers who are just fucking angry. We're the balled up fist ready to be slammed into somebody's face. Give me a reason. Just give me a reason. <laughs> Fuck around and find out, old man. <laughs> you too, young punk. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'll, I'll do five years, no problem. <laughs> and what did I just say that I needed in my life? I need to be able to sleep as much as I wanted, have a couple meals. Sounds like prison life to me. <laughs> the one guy I was listening to his podcast, he was talking about how, like, we're talking about, like, the cost of, of the lockdown. And like how much life we saved compared to how much life there was, and the guy was talking about. I can see as an old person like doing heroin or doing some of their drug. I'm like, you only got what three, a couple of years to live. Mm-hmm. So why not, why not try that stuff? I'm like, oh no, you're gonna die. You lived your life, like, yeah. which is the uh, the great catch of life is like you don't know when that key is gonna be punched for you. So it's like. You, you know, you might have a year left. You might not, even at our age. I mean, knock on wood, but exactly. I mean, one of my goals is to see triple digits just because I, I feel like if I didn't, I'd be incomplete. <laughs> like just, you biking 75 miles out of 100, I'd be like, damn it. I just want to outlive everybody. <laughs> I want to be last man standing. I want to be the Highlander. <laughs> you better be hitting them weights a little more. <laughs> Quit eating steak hoagies for lunch. <laughs> I've not had a steak hoagie in I don't know how long. <laughs> My dad is mainly protein shakes. <laughs> <or bananas. laughs> 
There was somebody that pointed out on a Joe Rogan podcast, and it was just a clip. That I don't know who the, the guy was, but he was like, whoever, whoever decided that all vegetables are good for us, that we just decide, oh, yeah, I'm going to eat a big plate full of vegetables. It's like, them vegetables have defense mechanisms against you eating them. Like, well, they're not all good for you. <laughs> Some of them are spicy and hot, hot as hell for a reason. You ain't supposed to eat that cayenne pepper. Are you sure? Because it tastes good to me. Yeah, it tastes good, but it, doesn't, it ain't doing your body much good. Speeds up the metabolism. <laughs> yeah, to get rid of the poison. <laughs> oh, it's a crazy, crazy life. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because I know just in my 40 years how much things have changed on the planet. You're only 40? 43. I was going to say, there's no way you're 40. Well, I, the first three years I don't fucking notice much. I mean, what do I know then? It's like learning how to drive. I just come on the wrong side of 40. There's no right side of forty. Yeah, there is. Now either you're you're too young to to, uh, to know better, or you're t- now you're you're too old to have a, to not have regrets. Buried too many friends to make new ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's enough for now. Hmm. I think this was a good, con- good good episode. Yeah, Dave, let's know. <laughs> this will dictate what the next episode is going to be. About. We're just going to call him Fan X. <laughs> No, I always got to call him out by Dave. <laughs> well, that'll do it, I guess, for episode 23. Episode yep. 24, we don't really have a topic for either, but it'll probably be uh, turkey time. Thanksgiving, day after Thanksgiving, maybe, huh? That's look at the calendar. Mm, we'll all be fucking stuffed like portly pigs. It's going to be a wonderful day. Mm. Bye, everybody. Have a good one. That wraps up another episode of The Mention the Machine. If you would like to contact or subscribe to the podcast, please visit TheMentionTheMachine.com. If you would like to leave a voicemail, please call 412-294-8557.